Welcome back to Bootability, a weekly interview series about the amazing ability we all have to change our lives and the world if we're brave enough to tap into it. I'm your host, Jihee Jolly. I'm excited to introduce our first guest of 2023 today, Yoko Mbulo who practices Buddhism in Chicago. She helps me unpack one of the biggest questions I've had as we begin the new year. What does it mean to win every day when sometimes things just take time to resolve? We cover everything from what happiness actually is, what a winning daily rhythm looks like in Buddhism, and why it's so important to create the arena in which you give yourself a chance to win. Here's Yoko. So my name is Yoko Ambulo, and I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois, and I work for CPS as a training manager. Amazing. Um, so I always like to start, you know, just so we know who we're talking to and how they encountered Buddhism. Uh, if you could start just briefly with a story of how you encountered SJI Nichiren Buddhism and what was going on at the time that you decided that chanting Nam Myoho Renge Kyo is something that you wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, So I was born into this practice, uh, which essentially means that my grandmother was introduced to Buddhism in Panama, and this was in 1972. And then my mother and father took to the practice immediately. So you can say that I grew up in um, a garden of value creating. um, And I started chanting primarily because of my family's influence. But I started sincerely chanting on my own when I was encouraged to test the power of this practice. And that's when I was looking for a job after college. So I remember chanting like every morning and evening for about like one month. And I had a very specific goal that I would attend this job fair. And at this job fair, each one of the booths that I would visit would ask me for my resume. Um, Each booth would um, want to interview me. They would fly me out for the interview. Each of them would offer me a job so that I can choose, you know, who I wanted to work for. And um That's exactly what happened. So um, that was like one of the first kind of real benefits or proof of this practice and why I kept going. Yeah, very real. I feel like so many people start chanting because they have like a concrete kind of thing to address, especially in your 20s. (laughs) It can be everything needs to be addressed. (laughs) So um, so I'm curious then, you know, after you did start chanting and you were like, okay, something's happening, um, you know, my, my career goals are starting to move so much of Buddhism at the same time is also about internal change and the things that kind of keep us chanting tend to be those like kind of more invisible things that are harder to explain to people, but you know, you're changing. So I'm just curious. Uh, yeah. Like what made you want to, to continue and like, did you feel different internally at all or kind of what, what did that process look like? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you know, the chanting felt good, you know, definitely just chanting the words. Um, I felt like more confident. I felt more strength. But really what changed for me and, you know, had me decide that I wanted to continue chanting was when I learned this concept of the law of cause and effect. And mm-hmm. I realized that this um, this law exists with or without your knowledge. 
So um, it's always happening. We're always making causes. There's always going to be effects. And so um, once I you know, recognized that I became aware of it, then I started to want to, for lack of better words, embrace it or respect this law of cause and effect, just like how you respect gravity. Like, you know, once you know what goes up must come down, then you're not going to jump off of like a 20 foot building and think you're going to land, you know, perfectly fine. Um, So once I was more aware of this law of cause and effect, I really wanted to embrace it and respect it. And so one of the the things that I started um, feeling um, when I started chanting was, uh, more confidence. Um, I felt conviction. I felt stronger. But most importantly, I would say that I felt that I awakened to my life's purpose or mission. And that purpose and mission is what enabled me to decide to continue chanting. And, um, you know, I'm just so glad that I encountered this law. Mm. Yeah, I would love to unpack that a little bit if that's okay, because I feel like you've touched on super important things already. <laughs> um, so yeah, first, it, it, ironically, we haven't really talked that much about the law of cause and effect on the podcast. So I'm, I'm really happy that you brought it up because it, it sounds so basic, but it's also so profound. Um, so just, you know, in case anyone's like completely new to Buddhism and they're like, what, one more time, you know, well, what do you mean law of cause and effect? And what do you mean respect that? Like, yeah, what does that mean in Buddhism? And what did it look like for you to you know, actually practice being aware of it or chanting, you know, in rhythm with it or whatever. Yeah. So for me, so when we chant, um, when I chant Nam Yoho Renge Kyo, um, that, that name, that title, it's essentially in my own words, it's a law of cause and effect. And so um, because it's a law, which means that for every cause, there's going to be some kind of effect, then for me, it meant how do I create you know, the best causes then? How do I create causes that create value, mm-hmm. right? And so the for me, the chanting um, like gave me the wisdom and the courage and the compassion from within so that I can create causes that would have value, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, it kind of put me like in rhythm with the universe and it enabled me to be more aware of my causes that I'm making. So I make causes all the time through the word choices that I use, through my thoughts, right? Negative or positive and the actions that I take as well. And so I want to do the best, right? I want to do something. I want to be thinking the best. I want to be saying the best. I want to be doing the best at all times. That creates value. So the chanting essentially for me It's just putting me in rhythm so that I am doing the best out of all of the causes that I could be making. And so um, like that was really important for me. And so because I became aware of it, it's like I can't turn my back to it. Like I can't ignore the fact that I know that I'm constantly making causes through the words I use, through the thoughts and through my actions. Mm -hmm. And so because I'm aware of that, then it's like I have to be, you know, like, um, you know, always um, aware of, you know, what, what what are my causes, you know, and does it create value? So the chanting is like an internal tool that I can use from within that allows me to ensure that I'm creating the greatest good, making mm-hmm. the greatest causes to create value. And so that's like, that's how I use it. And that's how I respect that law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, Thank you for for explaining that. And actually, it ties so well into the theme for today's episode. Uh, So thank you for that, because (laughs) I I wasn't really thinking about it that way. But, um, you know, we are at the beginning of a new year. And this is a time of year that 
people are either bombarded with information about how to set goals and be your best self and do all the things that you're going to do or you didn't do last year and all of that. Um, Or sometimes people might feel a bit overwhelmed or, you know, I didn't really change the stuff that I wanted to, or it's just the same old feeling I've had. And, oh no, it's another year, you know? So just thinking about all of that, we wanted to address today how we can use Buddhism to create a winning daily rhythm. Um, And actually what you're saying about cause and effect seems to tie so perfectly into that because in a sense, every single day is a chance to just make causes to create a different future. And that's basically what Buddhism is. Like you tap into your Buddhability by chanting as you described, and then you make causes. And then obviously the future you create will look different. Um, But just to kind of break down how that works for you, you know, um, can you just kind of walk us through again, for anyone who's new, like what does your daily Buddhist practice actually consist of? Like, what does it look like to wake up in the morning and, and create value or create that kind of rhythm? Yeah, thank you for that. So my daily practice consists, if I could break it down into like three categories. And so the first category is faith. And in my own words, I would say that's pretty much like setting goals or having some kind of expectation. It could be for the day, it could be for the week, it could be for the month, for the year or years ahead. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you have some kind of expectation or goal. And that's really what faith is, um, making a determination. And um you know, you're striving to achieve that particular goal or that determination through oracioni action, which is um, uh, prayer and action, right? And mm-hmm. so it goes hand in hand. So that's like one category is just having um, faith, a determination, a goal, um, an expectation. And then the second category is practice. And so this For me, every morning, what that looks like is getting up in the morning, you know, having my goals that I've set and then chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo and chanting it repeatedly until I feel good. And sometimes, you know, it's until I feel good, but oftentimes I set a goal. And so whether it's like half an hour or if it's for one hour or depending on what might be going on, like a major project at the office, I might do like an hour and a half. It just depends on my day, but I have a regular rhythm of getting up in the morning and chanting Nam Yoho Renge Kyo so I can create the greatest value. And then, um, you know, I do that in the morning and I also do it in the evening at the end of the day where I'm reflecting on, you know, what did I accomplish? What did I not accomplish? And how can I set myself up for the next day? So I also chant in the evening to reflect. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of my daily practice would be study. And study is really important for me because um, study helps me understand like the whys in life, the things that happen. Um, One one of the things I love about this philosophy is that, um, you know, everything you know, essentially happens for a reason, you know, this idea of cause and effect, like nothing's by coincidence. So study enables me to um, understand the whys behind things that I experience. Um, Study also enables me to like turn a negative situation into something positive. So it gives me like the courage or again, the wisdom, the compassion to turn things around or make the impossible possible. So Mm -hmm. that's like my daily practice, right? Like you have an expectation in the morning, you chant abundantly or, you know, to your heart's content, and then you study to understand why things are happening. And then you make a determination again um, to either, you know, transform it or to make it even better um, than where it is. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I love like how those pieces uh, reinforce each other. So 
oftentimes I've definitely experienced this a lot recently. It's like I chant, I have a determination, but then this study actually helps me clarify or like reframe the determination because maybe I lost steam or I'm like, why did I determine to do this? Do I really care about this? Then I read something and I'm like, oh, got it. This has even greater meaning. So yes, those are um, crucial pieces. Um, so so maybe we can get a little bit into, um, you know, as much as you're comfortable sharing, but like your personal journey with how like, you know, practicing this way has helped you evolve. And I remember when we were speaking on the phone, um, you mentioned that like one of the sort of key turning points in your own Buddhist practice was really like solidifying your understanding that happiness is something that comes from within. It's not an external thing, which I feel like if we all could learn that lesson in the very beginning, like what <laughs> wonderful lives we could live. Um, so maybe we can just start there if you're comfortable sharing kind of what was going on at the time, um, you know, that you struggled with, I guess, the opposite of that. And then, yeah, what kind of experiences helped you transform your own understanding? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, you know, I talked earlier about how what you know, got me started with chanting was for something tangible, right? Like I was chanting for a job. So if I can pick up from there, you know, I got the job, I got the dream job and I was really excited about that. And then I ended up moving to a new city. I got my first car and I started living on my own. And I also had a long distance relationship at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that I learned, uh, you know, pretty quickly was that, you know, these things were what in Buddhism we call or consider relative happiness, right? So I got the job, you know, I got the home, I got the car, I got the relationship, but it's relative happiness. And, um, you know, and our practice, you know, we talk a lot about the importance of absolute happiness. So this relative happiness is happiness that's based on something or someone that's outside of me. And the reality is that I didn't like my job. I wasn't being treated the way that I should have been in my relationship and I was seeking happiness from without. Hmm. So these challenges helped me realize that happiness must come from within. And furthermore, happiness is not a life absent of obstacles. Rather, happiness is forging a path through ups and downs and never giving up. So um, today I can confidently say that because of my practice, I view everything in life as a benefit, like even the most difficult circumstances from like having the worst jobs or bosses or relationships where I thought that I might have been used or to losing my mother, for example, unexpectedly a couple of years ago. I've realized that I can create fortune out of misfortune. I can turn poison into medicine and I can make the impossible possible through my human revolution. And so for me, that's really what absolute happiness is, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it comes from within. I have to be the one to forge that. And um, it's not a fairy tale life. It's a real life, you know, um, with ups and downs. But if you don't give up, that's where happiness comes from. And mm -hmm. um yeah, I would say that that's one of the biggest lessons that I learned rather quickly um, after getting the job and all of those um, external benefits. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's such an important point. And actually, just like uh, the different types of experience experiences that you're referring to are things that we all have to go through, right? Like relationship challenges, loss of loved ones. I mean, no one gets to escape that. Um yeah, I mean, and then career, of course, like, how do you even know what, what your path is? And it's so easy to make a decision and then be like, why am I here? Or your environment could just be very um, unhappy one. So if it's okay, just to unpack this one, um, 
a little bit more. I'm just thinking from the perspective of anyone who's new, who's like, in theory, that that makes perfect sense. But it feels like you're at a level that I'm nowhere near. Like, I wish I was that kind of person, but I'm mad about this, this or this right now, or I still hate my job. So I'm just thinking like if you were, um, you know, thinking from the perspective of someone who's listening and might be in that place, what were sort of this, like, what, what is a step-by-step process look like for, for you to shift from like, I hate this job and I'm so unhappy or I'm like in the depths of grief right now and I don't know what step to take next. Like, what did you actually do that allowed you to come out on the other side and feel like, you know, actually I was able to create value or it turned poison into medicine, as you mentioned. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Thank you for asking that. And I I think of um, a couple examples that come into mind, but one is, um, so oftentimes I find myself where I feel like uncertain about the future, or I'm not really sure about how I'm going to turn again, like I mentioned earlier, this poison into medicine, this negative situation into something that's positive. Um, And so when I feel that way, I dig deep into my practice. And what I mean by that is I like double down on my chanting and also my studying and um, I go a bit further and try to live what I study. So like, for example, I remember a time when I experienced a difficult relationship with someone who I thought might be my lifetime partner. And I was uncertain about the future. I was upset. Um, I was really hurt. And I really wasn't sure about how to move forward because um, I essentially, long story short, I just found out this this wasn't the person for me. But I, lot, I had a lot of hopes um, into that actually working out. Um, So I was feeling pretty down. Um, But then I read from um, my mentor in faith and uh, there was an article um, that I was reading in a a magazine and um, the article talked about like, you know, when you're feeling stuck um, or when you're feeling um, like you've hit a brick wall, like how you should view it and what you should do about that. And so there was one um, particular part in the article uh, where my mentor says that, Um, Should you feel stuck, you know, please challenge to overcome your own weakness, summoning the great power of faith. And then he goes on further. And I underlined this part. I hope you will view it as a struggle against an impasse, as a battle against obstacles and resolving that now is a time to win. Boldly forge your path in life as you challenge your destiny head on. And that part that said, resolving that now is a time to win, that's what I decided, right? So I'm feeling hopeless, it's, right? I'm thinking it's the end of my life. Like, this is someone who I really cared about. I didn't work out. What am I going to do? I'm depressed. I'm down. And then my mentor is saying, this is a time to determine or resolve to win. And so I just decided with my prayer and based on what I studied that I need to win. So I just chanted with this determination to win, to turn this around. And I had no idea what victory would look like. But the one thing I knew is that I wanted to win and no longer feel like a victim or kind of feel stuck or held back. Like I wanted to, you know, come out of victor, turn this situation around. Um, And that's exactly what I did. And when I started to chant that way, everything became crystal clear like a rainbow. Like I no longer felt like a victim. I felt like um, I actually took full responsibility for my experience. And I chanted with this abundant sense of appreciation and gratitude. Mm. And you might be thinking like, why was I having appreciation and gratitude from such a negative situation? But that's what happens. Like when you chant, you start to change from within 
you know, as a person, your character. And, you know, this appreciation and gratitude came about because I was able to expand my heart of compassion, for example. I was able to expand my um, tolerance. I was able to ex- um, to develop my ability to persevere, like no matter how daunting the situation might be. And um, that developed my character. And when you develop your character, it's an inside job. So it has to come from within. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, the uncertainty and the sadness and everything about that experience you know, became my greatest medicine, right? Because that challenge enabled me to tap into my conviction that's found from within. Mm-hmm. So that's why I can say with such confidence that everything I experience, I'm able to turn it into a benefit, right? Like I was able to, tr- and I turned that around. Like it wasn't like I had to talk to that individual or go to something or someone outside of me mm-hmm. to be able to transform it from within. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I love what you're saying. And I mean, in a sense, it's like the power of perspective. Like I think if for someone who doesn't practice Buddhism, it's like a fundamental reframing of what's going on that you're describing, which is incredibly powerful. But I feel like when you chant, you go a step further where it's not your mind that's understanding that reframe like it's your whole life that is living like a reframed perspective which sounds like unless you experience it it's really hard to understand (laughs) which is why I feel like yeah people can can chant and then they'll just kind of see themselves like wow I'm I'm feeling different today or I'm I'm reacting differently why am I reacting this way to this situation (laughs) um so thank you for explaining that yeah um I'm just thinking, you know, uh, to try to sort of tie this back to this theme of like winning on a daily basis. um, One thing maybe that's worth unpacking, especially for people who are new, is that we talk so much about winning in Buddhism. And like, it's not something, I mean, like, for instance, in our Buddhist community, we have a theme every year and literally triumph is in the word. I'm in the theme for 2023. Um, so to be triumphant or to win over ourselves or to be victorious, like I'm used to hearing this kind of stuff in the Buddhist community. But um, for someone who hasn't really heard heard this before, it can feel potentially like overwhelming, like, oh my God, well, that means I have to get this job or I have to change this relationship or I have to, you know, and, I, and I'm just at the very beginning or the very bottom of the mountain. So um, I, I would love to just ask, you know, how you understand what winning means and like, what does it look like? You know, we're only in January. So like, what does that look like today? If, you know, the thing that you're striving towards may not happen until the end of the year or may take time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. Thank you for, um, you know, like unpacking this further because I I can completely relate to that. And um, even when I started practicing, right, at the very beginning, you know, this idea of like, you know, winning, what does that look like? And you can put pressure on yourself thinking that, you know, you have to make something happen like immediately or like yesterday. And then you can feel like a failure if, if you know, if you didn't. And so I think when we talk about winning in this um, Buddhist uh, community, we're really talking about this idea of never giving up. And so, and, and it ties really nicely to at the very beginning of this law that I have to respect, this law of cause and effect. Mm-hmm. So when we put out a cause, there's an immediate effect. So when I say something such as, I'm going to win today, that's a really powerful statement. 
that's a really powerful, um, you know, cause that you just made. And the effect is immediate. And so you may not see that you're winning right away, but you put out the cause that you're going to win. And that alone is just really empowering. And if you keep at it and you don't give up, then without a doubt, you'll see that victory. And so I think for us, when we talk about winning, it's not like, okay, I'm going to win. And then we're expecting to see, you know, this great miracle happen. Or it's not like we say, oh, I'm going to climb the mountain. And then once we take one step, we think we're supposed to be at the top. Mm-hmm. No, just saying that I'm going to climb the mountain is already a victory in itself because you're challenging yourself, because you're making a determination that you're going to do something. And so then winning for us means, well, keep saying that over and over and over again. So you just repeat it, right? Like, I'm going to climb this mountain and you take a step. And then I'm going to climb the mountain again and you take a second step. And I'm so if you repeat that over and over again, that I'm going to do this, then, you know, by the time you, you know, look back, you'll see you're at the top of the mountain, right? Because you never gave up. And I think that's really what winning really means um, in the Buddhist community. And um, it's about never giving up. And so it's not this idea of things just happen overnight uh, or it's like a miracle. Um, it's really about not giving up. And the when we say not give up, it's really not giving up on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, giving yourself that op- every time you say I'm going to win or I'm going to try or I'm going to set this goal, you're giving yourself that opportunity to accomplish that goal. And so that's a wonderful thing, right? It's not like you, you know, so we should always be, you know, creating the the space, the arena to allow ourselves the opportunity to accomplish something. So we should always be doing that. We should always be striving to win, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so it's not this um, theoretical idea of, of um, you know, feeling like a failure because you set a goal and it doesn't happen right away. I think that's, you know, for lack of better words, being unrealistic or putting demands on yourself. And I think in our Buddhist community, when we talk about winning, we're really emphasizing, like, don't ever give up. Like, mm. you know, keep trying over and over and over again. And then what happens, at least for me, Jihi, that's so powerful, is that um, you're building your character, mm. right? Like, if if you make a determination, you know, to do something 10 times, And, you know, the first, you know, you fail the first nine times, but you have enough, um, you know, compassion for yourself to say, I'm going to make one more determination towards that. Mm -hmm. And then you achieve it on the 10th time. Then those nine times become your greatest badges of honor Mm -hmm. because, you know, you didn't give up. Right. And you learn how to persevere. And that's developing your character. And that's, to me, priceless. Yeah. Yeah. So well said. It reminds me, actually, I was having a conversation with a a fellow Buddhist recently about like our goals for the year and all this kind of stuff and had this realization in the conversation, like even when you practice Buddhism, sometimes it's almost like what you were describing about relative versus absolute happiness. Like you can feel like I'm struggling so much toward this thing. And you're just struggling the whole time and you're just waiting for the day that the thing changes and then you'll be happy, which is like not actually Buddhism. It's actually like it hasn't happened yet, but I feel so satisfied with the causes that I made today and I'm going to go to bed 
feeling, yeah, like you said, compassionate toward myself and courageous and fulfilled. And I'm going to just do it again tomorrow. And that's like a completely different way to live <laughs> than <laughs> when it happens, when I finally, you know, become the person I want to be, I'll be happy. But like, you could be that person right now. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. Because that whole when is then it kind of ties back to that idea of relative happiness then, mm -hmm. right? It's something that's either outside of you or someone outside of you. And that's determining your happiness. And we want to be able to determine happiness from within, like not yeah. based on anything or anyone outside of us, not on when, but we want to create the cause of becoming happy from within when we make a determination, for example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm uh, curious if you have along these lines, any favorite Buddhist concepts or Buddhist quotes that that relate to this? I'm sure there are so many, but yeah, curious if there's anything you've held on to in your practice. Yes, yes. So one thing that I've held on to um, is it revolves around happiness. And um, I really love it. Um, so there's this one quote that talks about like where happiness comes from. And this is actually a quote that I'm reading from my mentor I talked about um, in my faith, uh, Daisaku, who I refer to as my mentor. And um, he says, happiness is not something that is found far away. We must realize that it exists within our own lives. The Daishonin's Buddhism teaches this and shows us how to attain indestructible happiness. Your happiness and victory in life hinge on whether you are able to grasp while you are still young the fact that happiness lies within. That's why there's no need for you to compare yourself to others, but instead strive powerfully and cheerfully to develop your state of life, aiming to improve yourself each day. Amazing. Yeah, totally, totally love that. It's yeah, it's crazy how like easy it is to hear that and be like, yeah, but then to remember to practice it every day is so hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so before we, we start wrapping up, I wanted to circle back to uh, something that you mentioned in the very beginning with your own experience, because you said that when you started chanting, um, you know, after this initial job experience and this kind of one turning point of of really understanding happiness is within, um, you also discovered your purpose or your mission. And I, I just wanted to touch on that a little as much as you're comfortable sharing. Like, what do you what do you mean by that? Or kind of what what was that piece of the story? So, you know, like it, it sounds like you solidified sort of the the internal structure really well. And then what did that look like in terms of, yeah, how you view your your own purpose? Yeah, th thank you for that. And so it feels, I have to say, it feels so good to awaken to a purpose and mission in life. Mm -hmm. I think it's like so valuable. And for me, when I say awakening to it, it means that all of my experiences that I have in life, the good and the bad, um, is an experience that I'm having so that I can prove that me as I am without changing anything about myself, that I can become absolutely happy. But not only me, but I can help others do the exact same thing. And so that's an awakening I've had. Like that's my purpose. That's my mission. So all of my experiences, whether they're good or whether they're bad, because I'm able to turn them around and because I'm able to become happy, I can also help others become happy as well. And so to me, that's priceless. And so mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've recognized that I need to share this with other people, right? Because there's many people that you encounter in your life that 
will have the same identical or you know similar experience that you have, right? With a really difficult job or a difficult boss or a challenging relationship. And because I went through those things and I overcame them, then I'm able to share that with someone else. Mm-hmm. And sharing it with someone else means that I'm also helping someone else become absolutely happy. And when they experience that, they can also help someone else based on their experiences become absolutely happy. So it's almost like this domino effect of transforming society through each person becoming happy, you know, as they are transforming from within. And to me, that's really priceless. That's really powerful. And um, I've awakened to that. Like, you know, like I understand that's my mission. That's my purpose is I have to become absolutely, absolutely happy but in turn, help others do the exact same thing and help mm-hmm. them become absolutely happy as well. And yeah. again, absolutely happy, right? Not this fairy tale, but the challenges and the obstacles are exactly what your life needs so that you can turn things around and you can develop your character and help others do the exact same thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, if you don't mind my asking, this is out of curiosity, uh, because you mentioned like your experience started, your experience with Buddhism started at this age when you were like, I need a job and I'm just out of college. So like, what did you end up choosing to pursue or how did like, how did that kind of story end? And like now all these years of practice later, is there, is there like a new goal or kind of something that you're approaching 2023 with? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it ended well, right? Like I, I, I did get the job and I moved and everything. Um, and it also ended well because I also learned rather quickly at the beginning of my practice, right, where I was really starting off and really sincere and learning about it, where happiness really comes from. So after that experience, um, like where I am today is um, I find myself doing pretty much something similar to my mission, right? So my mission, I talked about the idea of being able to become happy and help others become happy as well. And in my profession, you know, I am working with individuals where I'm helping them bring out their best potential. And so I feel like it's all in alignment and it's all in rhythm. And so, um, you know, that experience of, you know, chanting to get this job and then getting the job and then realizing that it was, I was miserable and unhappy and that was relative happiness and like, oh, okay. So that means happiness has to come from within and transforming my character, developing that, recognizing that I have to be the one to create my own happiness. And then finding myself today where I fast forward and, you know, for the, over, over the last 25 years or so, you know, my career has been in helping others. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's learning and development and it's talent management and it's training. And I'm constantly working with others to help them bring out their best potential. And so I always find myself dialoguing with um, individuals who might be having a challenging situation with a project or with a colleague or with their boss or with someone And, you know, we're able to have these heart to heart dialogues about how can I take that situation and by determining to get through it, you know, really transform it. And as a result, develop myself as well, you know, and become Mm -hmm. happy and help others do the same. And so I feel like it's all in rhythm and it's, you know, in alignment. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You know, everything you're saying reminds me of that quote from Daisaku Ikeda, which I'm totally paraphrasing, but that's like if like there's no such thing as standing still, you're either moving forward or backwards. 
<laughs> which can sound really harsh, but in a sense, I feel like it's what you're describing. Like even a job you're not happy with right now or whatever, a, a rejection or a breakup or a whatever, like can be, you know, the fodder for the next thing. And in that sense, you're moving forward if you choose to use it that way, as yes. opposed to like, when will this change or when will this happen or, you know, so I, I love that. Yes. Um, yes. So before I move to my my closing question, uh, just curious, since it is January, like if you have set any any goals for 2023 or how you're approaching, whether it's like your own Buddhist practice or your year, um, just just to have an example, I'm sure it's probably something relatable too. So yeah. Yes. Yes. So I do have a couple goals. Um, definitely, you know, one's related to health. Like I just really want to make sure that I'm taking like excellent care of myself as I'm getting older. And as I continue to study, you know, you start to recognize and realize that your health is like your most important, you know, currency for lack of better words, right? Without health, then, you know, you really can't do anything. So I'm really focused on just being as healthy as possible in every aspect of my life. So, you know, spiritually and also mentally and also emotionally, and then also physically as well. So those are one of my goals is uh, to be in the best shape of my life. Um, I want to feel better, um, you know, in my 40s and I did in my 20s. So like, yes. that's like the idea. Right? <laughs> I want 40 to be the new 20 or whatever it is they say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, but yeah, that's definitely um, one of my goals. Um, also, you know, with uh, my family. So, you know, my family, we all live, uh, we're pretty spread out and we all live in different continents. I mean, that's pretty how... Um, far apart we are. And so we were able to uh, spend the Christmas holidays together and it was felt really good. It was really joyful. And it just uh, re-inspired me to want to um, be closer to my family. So one of my other goals as well is um, really, uh, you know, determining like, you know, w- what continent am I going to move to so that we can be closer together. Wow. Um, so that's really important as well to me. Um, and one of the goals that I've set. And um, I think the last goal is more related to my practice and my faith. And that is that I really want to share this Buddhism with as many people as I can in the most natural way um, that is true to myself, because I really think that you know, a lot of people are looking for something, they're searching for something, and I found it. Mm-hmm. And I know it, and it works for me, and I know it'll work for others. So I really want to challenge myself to have more um, courageous dialogue about something that's personal, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's my practice, and it's personal, but I want to be able to open that up and share that with more and more people and have them experience, you know, what this practice can be like for themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I completely agree and relate. It is so important. Um, And actually, along those lines, that leads perfectly into my closing question, uh, which is for anyone who might be listening, who's either new to chanting or uh, maybe just dabbling with it, hearing about it for the first time, if you could give them one piece of advice uh, on, you know, how to get the most out of this new year, what one piece of advice would you give them? Okay. So (laughs) thank you. That's a great question. So if you're new to Channing and you want to get the most out of this year, my advice would be keep doing it and share it with others. So when I say keep doing it, I would say keep chanting, right? If you're new to it, keep chanting Mm -hmm. and also share it with others. Even if you don't know what you're doing, (laughs) share it with others anyways, (laughs) because it's a wonderful cause that you're making and you'll learn with this new person anyways. Um, But I would also say uh, the other reason why I say keep doing it and share it with others is because 
as you keep doing it and you're sharing it, what's happening is you're testing the power of this practice about this faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You're also proving it to yourselves um, and also proving it to others and you're living it. And, you know, this, this practice is something that we live, right? It's a practice that we do every single day. We live it. And so, um, that's would be my advice to them. And so if you're, if you're unhappy, and then I would say that if you're unhappy, then you become happy. And if you're happy, you become even happier. And as a result, you would naturally find yourself helping others to do the same because of your undeniable actual proof. I want to leave you today with some of my favorite words from Buddhist philosopher Daisaku Ikeda on why now matters most. He writes, The important thing is what you do from now. Are you going to be discouraged and allow yourselves to fall into despair? Or will you regard this as an opportunity to show actual proof of our faith and rise up again courageously, determined not to be beaten? Your inner resolve is what decides your happiness or unhappiness. Over the course of our lives, we are bound to face all kinds of adversity. Unhappiness is not caused by adverse circumstances. It is caused by our own despair and negativity. He also writes, Adversity is a magnificent opportunity for each of us to demonstrate the greatness of our Buddhist faith and practice. Whether we win or lose is determined from now. All that matters is winning in the end, and our Buddhist practice ensures that we can win. On that note, as always, if you're new to chanting, you can find plenty of resources at buddhability.org. And if you'd like to get connected to your local Buddhist community, you can email us at connect at sgi-usa.org. That's all for today, and we'll see you next week.